Welcome to the Post Ride Cafe with your hosts, Sam and Aaron. The podcast all about cycling. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Post Ride Cafe. I'm Sam. This is Aaron. And welcome to episode 35. What's up, dude? Not much, man. I thought about using like a different name there or something just to mix it up. Yeah? Like uh, Antonio or something? Yeah, I don't know. Well, real quick, let's get into our overview. We're going to talk about stages three through nine of the Tour de France. We made some predictions last week. Spoiler, we didn't do very well. And we're going to talk about the next week's stages coming up, 10 through 15, and kind of breezing through those, as well as a you know, little small, how depending on timing, a little Torino Adriatica preview that Sounds starts on good. Monday. So, Well, how can people get a hold of us, man? Yeah, they can get to us uh, at Post Ride Cafe on Instagram and at Post Ride Cafe on Twitter. Cool. Well, let's jump into our Strava stats of the week. Stats, dude. Uh, well, I did 55 miles, 2,100 feet. Uh, we're down to the wire here at the at the house. We got about four weeks till the wedding, so we got a lot of things to get done, it seems, and not a lot of time left. So my, my Strava stats of the week are going to be a little weak over the next four to five weeks. How are yeah, you? I'm hoping to build. So I had 130 miles and 4,400 feet of climbing this week. Started building a little better towards the end of the week. Just, it's hot, you know. It's hot this week. There's a lot going on. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it was pretty warm. It was back in the 110s, uh, hottest summer on record for us here in Arizona. I think three months in a row we had the hottest month ever. I'm glad I came back for it. Yes, welcome back. Well, ride of the week for me, probably today's ride. We rode around Paradise Valley. We were going to do a little climbing, just kind of a little loop around the mountains. And uh, ended up running into the Shade Tree group and kind of jumping on their Shh. little wheel. Yeah, you know, their, their group rides on the down low. Or we ran into some people. <laughs> How about that? No, I, I, they're probably back. We haven't even looked. I don't look Who online. knows? Yeah. But yeah, so we kind of jumped on to some people we knew and kind of altered our ride altogether. But it was nice. A lot of high speed, a lot of tempo riding, and power's power is what I think. Yeah, same ride for me, and yeah, I think uh, pretty cool just to like get out there and like, just like coming down uh, the little climb where you know they normally are, and had no idea that they were going to be, and timing and all that just happened to work out. You know, yeah. if I didn't wait for you getting lost, it wouldn't have happened today. So That's true. But yeah, so the the A group was going by, and I was like, I gotta see if I can catch them, and then kind of got in there, and I was like, shit, we're going thirty five, like. Slight downhill, you know, one or two percent or something. Everybody's yeah. just hammering it through yeah. there, and I was like, "Geez, Louise!" Um, but yeah, then we rode with a few people and did some poles, and so I think that was nice, just to kind of mix it up and get some, you know, tempo work in there and almost flat out sprinting. And then towards the end of the day, went up Thirty uh, Sixth Street, which pretty good climb, and PR'd that and wasn't expecting yeah. it. I did before before I went to go do it. I dropped my bottles. I, and I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> I was uh, like, I'm going a lightweight here." It's true. I saw your bottles. I'm like, I hope someone steals these. <laughs> no, I was. I'm still trying to get back. I just don't ride that much right now with with the wedding planning and everything. So, and the the bike fit and and stuff. So I kind of wasn't sure what to expect today, and I just did not have any power in my legs. Like when I got to the last climb at 36th Street, I did about a third of it, and it's all like 10 percent minimum, and so. I just, my legs weren't hurting. I just didn't have anything in them. Like, I just couldn't yeah. pedal. I was going, like, 
three and a half miles an hour. I just had nothing. And so I just stopped. Like, I'm not really doing anything. Like, just didn't have it. Which is fine. Like, I've sadly looked at Strava today, and it says my average rides per week is one. So I've really fallen off in the last month or so, but I got other things I got to do. I got to take care of it, and, and once the, the summer kind of cools off, I'm going to get back to it after work. But, yeah, it was uh, pretty brutal. Yeah, I would say, honestly, though, it's not the worst of, like, getting, you know, what you need to get done, and then the weather starts to get better, and then hopefully everything kind of just rolls into, into you know, kind of momentum going that way. Yeah, turning into a landscape expert, so. Throw it on the resume, dude, landscape architect. That's true. <laughs> dude, actually, surprise, I don't know if you knew this about me, when I was a kid uh, in school, I think it was, like, sixth or seventh grade, you do, like, those little, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? I wanted to be a landscape architect. So. I mean, there's still time. That's true. <laughs> they make like 40000 which I back then, I was like, dude, that's so much money. <laughs> you can integrate your pump work in there, and you're yeah. like, you know, maybe you have like really nice fountains oh, and yeah. stuff like that, A lot and of ponds, and yeah, yeah. Exactly. the water guy. Yeah. No, cool. I don't know. I've always liked landscapes and stuff, like, especially when they're done right, like gardens and stuff, and you look at like old, you know, 17th century, like French castles with gardens, and like, I don't know, it's all pretty cool stuff, so. True that. You see that a lot in the Twitter frame. You do. They they talk about a uh, talk about those quite a bit. Yeah, they do. I, that's one of the things I liked about the Tour de France when I first got into it was not just the racing, which is also you learn. You know, when you first start watching bicycling, you don't kind of know everything, but you start learning because they talk about stuff. And but also you get to see all the views, and they're talking about castles and history, and like it was. I was the whole package of the Tour de France. I think is just cool. Yeah. Speaking of France, a little bit of cycling news. USA <laughs> yeah. announced their uh, their world championship team. And the heavy hitters looks like for uh, the men's is Kuss, who's obviously coming with some great form, Paulus, yep. and awesome. uh, you know yeah. McNulty that we always talk about. Dude, yeah. We'll see how he does too. Coming up a little later, we'll we'll talk about him and Craddock. And uh, for the women's, we have Digert, which was just crushing everything. Uh, I think it was the Tour of Colorado. I think she, she won, won every, every stage. stage. Yeah. yeah. Um, she, well, she's going to be defending her time trial. Yeah, and I don't. I guess I don't know who um, or the, what the profile looks like, but Corn Rivera, pretty good uh, sprinter as well. So, mm -hmm. and Ruth Linder, I think, a good climber. So, should yeah. be good. Yeah, pretty good teams. Looks like the women's have like seven or eight riders. The men's could only muster up four, but it's a solid team. Interesting to see them kind of pick this team. They went. A lot of people were like, "Why didn't you pick these guys?" And, and dude, when you have four riders to pick, that's really tough. And obviously, Kuss doing amazing this is supposed to be a pretty climby heavy yeah you know climb heavy um race so obviously kuss and palace make a lot of sense mcnulty can time trial and climb and so i think they made good selections but it is tough when you only have four yeah i i could see mcnulty and craddock being good domestiques for the other two and then whoever's in the best form or yeah going off to you know just depending on the terrain but yeah a uh, real quick thing i didn't have this on the show notes but Last week we talked about Michael Matthews leaving Sunweb and we didn't know where he was going. And then like a minute after the show ended, <laughs> like it showed he went to uh, Mickleton Scott. What do you think of that? I mean, I think it kind of makes sense. You know, we had, right in that time, we were kind of, you know, talking about where could he go and guessing. That wasn't on the radar because no. usually riders don't go back to the team. But he seemed to love it. And everybody's like, the return home and... yeah. Honestly, he should have really never left. It was with the whole Simon Garens drama, and they kind of picked Garens, I think, based on, I don't know if he had wins then, or he, he was more established rider. Yeah. Usually it goes the other way. They want the 
younger up and coming writer. Um, and then you had the when then they picked Garens and then Caleb Ewan came up and like it just got really messy for them. Yeah, but I think it I think it probably makes sense for both. I am not a fan. I, I just don't think they have really a strong support team, so I don't understand why he'd go. But we'll see how they they develop that over the offseason. They're losing a few big guys like Adam Yates and Jack Haig, so they're going to have some cap space, you know, maybe to you know money to spend. But I don't know. It doesn't. They're not really a contender in the classics, which is what he wants. I, I just, I never understood it. Eh, I mean, I don't know. I think he's kind of an all-around kind of guy, so they'll have some support there for him. It, it, honestly, it's better than Sunweb, so. True. Any team at this point can almost be better. Uh, well, let's get into the Tour de France recap here of stages three through nine. Stage three, take us through that one. Yeah, pretty much Ewan living up to his name as the pocket rocket, and he just kind of takes off at the very end out of nowhere and just zooms like right around Sam Bennett. Looks like on a whole different level of speed, uh, pretty close to the barrier. So, Well, that was the one where he kind of like started late and just kind of like wove through everybody. Mm -hmm. Almost reminded me of the stage a couple, I forget what race that was. Was it the Dauphiné or something where Ballerini kind of just like oh, yeah, weaved yeah. through a bunch of people? Like, yeah. Yeah, pretty, pretty crazy stage finish. And I mean, just out of nowhere, I didn't think he was going... Uh, kind of win it and all of a sudden just popped out of nowhere because it looked like Sagan was going well but I think the problem was you couldn't tell how far from the finish they were yeah the, the so, camera angle was terrible for yeah. it and then so they were like four guys who would have won but yeah yeah you could tell he was going a little too early he was yeah but like it looked he looked really good he had a gap so I thought he could hold it then all of a sudden Bennett has this big gap and you're like oh that's it I mean it. three years ago he could hold it that's true but then <laughs> but I guess the point was the camera you just couldn't see the finish line yeah. so then Bennett passes him and he looks like he's open and then all of a sudden you just see this little freaking dude just <laughs> flying and like Ewan clearly easily takes the win pretty impressive well stage four uh, first mountain test um, you know we kind of were just expecting Jumbo Visma to just show them what they have, and yeah, they did. And Wood Van Aert just is the boss, man. Yeah, he's insane. He's in some crazy shape right now. Well, I think we had talked about this as like a, a preview last week, and I was like, yeah, they're going to have Wout pulling and, you know, and um, Tony Martin. And you're like, yeah, he's going to get dropped early, and expectedly so. And Wout just goes way further than you would have expected. Yeah, he's like halfway up this climb, just like dropping people. And like, it's almost like when we first started watching Sky Trains and you see like Kiwakoski or somebody and you're just like, how are they up in the mountains still? And like, we're seeing the same thing with, with Van Art and like, yeah, just awesome pace of work, mostly leading up to the climb. And you kind of thought he'd, you know, a few hundred meters or something, he'd kind of slip off, but mm -hmm. did a really good job. And then, you know, Sepkus just took over and was just putting the putting the heat on. Guy's looking great, too. And uh, just sets it up. Roglic takes a pretty easy sprint. Pretty much what you would expect it. We both picked... Yeah. I think this is one of the only stages we got right. Um, some things kind of... I think, well, I think stage three with the sprint, we were both one, two, or whatever. But uh, And Roglic, we both picked. There's just no other no other person to pick. And, like, yeah, no no questions asked. He yeah. just uh, set that one up perfectly. Uh, walk us through stage five real quick. Dude, the boss of Wout is just still there. <laughs> I like, yeah. How do you go from just being super domestic and then the next day you get that opportunity to sprint, which, you know, he kind of said he was like, I'm not going to be doing that. It's, But, you know, when you start to get to the end and 
he's there in the group, and the, they're probably just like, hey, go for it, man. So it was kind of yeah. like a... And it was a small sprint finish. There was a little yeah. bit of a climb ahead, and I think a lot of the main sprinters got dropped off. So Yeah, um, the Sunweb train looked awesome, and like you were thinking it for bowl, and uh, yeah. yeah, wow, just is insane. Yeah, I, our buddy picked bowl, I think, on this stage. But yeah, Van Aert easily takes the victory. Um, oddly enough, this is... If I remember correctly, is this when he took the, um, he went right up to the barrier or am I thinking of something else? Um, I think it might've been something else, but anyway, else. pretty easy stage win for him. I, you know, the thing is about these, I'm, I'm happy he won. Like he looks great. I'm just concerned that they're just, Yumbo Visma is utilizing their energy differently. Like Ineos would never allow this to happen. No, they're spreading it too thin. It seems like, and I mean, it's great that they're like, oh, man, they're they're winning stages here, and they're doing this, and they're controlling the break, and they're doing this. There's only, I mean, they have a super team, but there's sure. only so much you can do at at, a, at some point. We're on stage five. Yeah. This reminds me of Simon Yates in the Giro 2018. Where he was just like, attack, he attack, attack. unbeatable. You know, and the rest is history, but I am just concerned that Jumbo Visma is spreading their team way too thin. And we'll, we'll kind of learn more about that. Let's talk about stage six, first break of the tour. I think this one, you know, the stage before, people were pretty upset. You know, there was no break. It was kind of like a downhill, kind of mostly downhill sort of progressive stage. And yeah. They were, I think they silently protested some safety concerns because no one broke away. They didn't allow anything to happen, and they weren't going hard. They were just cruising through the stage. And uh, so stage six, we finally got our first break, and... I did call that correctly, just unfortunately Oscar Fraley was not in that break. Yeah, I mean it was a good group, you know, again, you know, Palace is, is looking awesome. It was his birthday. Um, and our friend again is picking these uh these break riders out of nowhere, uh, really aggressive Lutsenko. Yeah. And, well GVA yeah. too has been in these mountain stages. He was in this break. GVA's looked really good so far this tour. Yeah, we were kind of talking about that. He's kind of turning himself into a little bit of a different kind of rider, maybe it leading up like to uh, the world championships of, of being able to climb super well and sticking with these, you know, pretty much pure climbers. Yeah, because the previous stage when the uphill finished with Roglic, he was like one of the last non-mountain guys to be dropped on the climb. He was like in the middle of the climb getting dropped, and there was already yeah. a Gruppetto, and you would normally just expect him there. And so my hunch is he's thinking like I might have a shot at the world championships because it is hilly, but it doesn't end in an uphill. And so he's hoping he has the, the classics chops to make it over those climbs, sort of like, you know, his Olympic gold, you know? And yeah. so that's my hunch is what he's doing. He's really training those mountains just to, to get ready for the world championships. I would think too, just as like CCC is probably going away, he's leaving the team. So I think he's just kind of like has free reign and yeah. there's no one to support. There's no one to do it. It's just like, you know, kind of use this for whatever you want, and the team can't really be that upset anyways because you're yeah. getting lots of TV coverage. So, I mean, yeah. what do they even care? Like, you might yeah. win and you're on TV. Well, exactly. Right. Well, they don't have a clear focus on their team, right? They're just there to stage hunt and do stuff. So, yeah, yeah if he wants to go do all that, it all makes sense. Um, but as far as the breakaway goes, you know, he ended up getting dropped later on, and Paulus makes this aggressive attack. Young American, looking good. He's on EF. A team we, over the last couple seasons, has been really poor, but the last last season and this season have actually stepped it up and have a really good team. And For sure. Palace, first Tour de France, he's looking really good. 
and just attacked too much. He was a little bit aggressive the entire break and kind of paid for it. Yeah, and Lutsenko pretty much takes advantage of that and goes off on his own yeah. and, and gets the win. Yeah, as far as GC, we didn't see a whole lot of action. Pretty much nothing. Alaphilippe kind of jumped off and took one second back. Yeah, well, we think that was kind of like a, a little middle finger for his losing of the yellow due to a, a late eating. So it's Yeah, on a stage that had a lot of descending in it. Like, it's hard to take a bottle on a descent, you know? So Yeah, and I think it was like, 17 which is inside the 20 it's it was minor but i mean the the team manager was like i'm not going to complain we shouldn't have done it but it is a crappy way to lose the yellow yeah take us through stage, stage seven, seven dude stage seven what kind of stage is this it's a flat stage perfect so what's going to happen just pretty chill sprint chill you know they're gonna just do the thing ride it out except uh sagan lost the green jersey the day before and uh, clearly the team wanted it back. Yeah, not too happy. Yeah, I turned this on. I woke up early and pretty much right from the beginning, and I just see the whole team of Bora going out and just hammering it down. So it wasn't exactly flat, but there's a few like... Well, there was a Cat 3 right at the, at the 9K of the beginning. So yeah. they just crushed it. Yeah, and they did not stop. So they, they see that they dropped San Bennett, and so they're like, okay, like we can we can get the intermediate sprint points, which was, I think, like 50Ks in, so it's, it was quite a bit of work then. And then he's, he's like far back. You know, he's already a minute or two minutes back, and they're like, well, let's just keep going. And they just keep riding almost a whole stage team time trial because nobody helped them out for quite a bit of time. Yeah, they put the hurt on the peloton, man. Yeah, pretty awesome, and I think we'll see in the upcoming stages, and, and I think maybe in the upcoming week, like I think that stage is a big one that kind of changed the legs of everybody and, yeah. and messed some people up because they were probably thinking, All right, this is kind of a rest day, we can, we can recover a bit, and yeah. nobody recovered on that stage. Yeah, there's these echelons at the beginning, and like everyone's fighting hard, and no one was expecting you know, this quick step maneuver yeah. right from the gate, you know, and like poor Kwasnifroy, uh, or whatever you pronounce his name. The That's pretty Polka close. guy? Yeah. That's like Kwasnifroy. Yeah. Poor dude's just trying out to get a few points in the polka dots. <laughs> and he's like, I'm going to go snag this cat three, dude. Bora just chased that dude down and luckily he kind of slowly slowed down so he could pip him to that get That was the, the hardest that cat three <laughs> points that anybody's ever done in their life. <laughs> it was intense, but... Yeah, I mean, not the only highlight of this stage, but yeah, watching Bora just put the hammer down for 150 kilometers almost was just crazy. Yeah, I mean, uh, a bummer for me in the end of Sagan, you know, getting mechanical and, and not being able to really contest the sprint. Yeah. But I will say uh, the positive note in that is it looked like Sagan had a little bit more energy in him and, you know, had some drive, which... Yeah. I hadn't seen in, in quite a while, so hopefully at minimum he's he really wants the green jersey and yeah. he's going to continue to fight for that, which I think he is, but just haven't seen him do something like this. He was kind of going out, commanding the troops, and was making yeah. it happen. Pretty impressive. Now, the one thing about this stage that was, that was expected was there was a turn with like 30, 40K to go that was going to cause some crosswind. Mm -hmm. So people knew this was going to be there. And 
once again, some guys just seem to get caught out in GC. And so it turned into this, not only was the stage hard from the beginning, going into that last 40K, then an echelon happened, and then all the a couple GC riders were, were lost time or got caught out. And like so all the GC guys in the front group just hit it hard as well. Yeah. So just a a really overly hard stage. Yeah, they just were unexpected. Yeah, sections of like just like we can hit them here and drop them, hit them here and drop them, and yeah, I guess we won't gloss over. <laughs> I mean, if I'd said it before, and it's a bummer. If Wilt's there in a sprint, Sagan's never gonna win again. And... It's like the, <laughs> he's like Sagan of old when it came to this type of like hard sprints. Like yeah, WVA is unstoppable right now, and this goes back to what we were talking about in stage uh, five or whatever. Yumbo Visma is spreading too thin. You know, they're on a hard, hard stage. Like, they should... I know it's only an extra 1,000 meters and you know or less to, to sprint, but that's a lot of energy out there to sprint. And so... Although Welt said it was a really easy day. Yeah. <laughs> is that what he said? Yeah, he was like, that was a really easy win. <laughs> he totally did. Um, I was like, oh, man. I don't know, man. Sucks for everybody else. Yeah. Alaphilippe was trying to take that same thing as Sagan. They both had te- uh, mechanicals and... Unfortunately for Al Philippe, he was right there. Part of it was his fault. Like, he got mad at Stoyven or something, but he bumped him, so... Um, he said he got unclipped, or... That's, that's a Cavendish move right there. I mean, that that's you just look backwards and... Yeah. And, and see the race go by uh, you. What, I mean, on a, probably the most exciting stage of the week, I would say. Oh, yeah. It, mostly because it was just so unexpected. Yeah, and it's cool to see that. It's kind of like more of a... Not even just classics-type racing, but like classic from the past type mm-hmm. of racing where yeah. people are really going out to make things happen like that's something like contador would do or or lance would do of just like i'm gonna make you guys pay like yeah. and go exactly and so sagan was like mm, i lost my green i don't like that one bit and uh yeah he stamped his authority sucks to be an ex-teammate of sagan that's <laughs> i know <laughs> stage eight um yeah one of those days for the break palace once again in the break just hanging out in the thick of it. Best place rider, Ilnor Zakarin. At one point, he was like virtual yellow. He was. They had 16 minutes on the Peloton. Like they just said after yesterday, they were like, dude, we are tired. Like, yeah. Go out there. We don't want to deal with this. <laughs> like, you know, and so Adam Yates' team, they're not strong enough to really defend yellow. And so they've been getting a lot of help. But yeah, 16 minutes to the, pel- to the, to the breakaway and they just let him go. And the biggest surprise here, you know, there is going to be some climbing in this stage, but... Thibaut Pino, man, really suffering on some back pain from stage one crash, apparently, that no one's, he's been kept under the radar. That looked brutal. Like, he was suffering. Like, his teammates got his arm around him and just... He didn't look as bad as stage 18 or 19 in the Tour de France last year. Whoa, yeah. I mean, that was tears. I mean, yeah, kind of surprised he finished this one. Um, But that's got to suck. Like, I mean, just coming in with so much expectation and pretty good form like he, he was building well i think yeah. mm-hmm. he ended up losing 18 minutes so yeah his tour de france is over as far as gc but you know he stayed in the race and finished so props to him and you know looked a heck of a lot better on today's stage but yeah um so that was the hc climb coming up and there's one more cat one going into the finish and then i think there was like a this is no this was just a climb to the finish right yeah i get confused but yeah on the last climb pogachar just one of the guys that got caught out in that race uh, yesterday on stage seven where they had a bunch of crosswinds and he had it flat like right when it happened and so he got stuck in the second group. So not that he missed the split, he just had bad luck, bad timing on a, on a flat, that's for sure. 
And uh, he was kind of upset and put in a huge attack and uh, ended up gaining 40 seconds back. But he did set a, a record uh, up the climb. Yeah, they think they said it was like 50 seconds faster than anybody had done that before. I was like, not even... That's not a small feat on there, especially against some dopers. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I think he beat who's the record? It was Vinokurov. I think, yeah, I think that's record. what you're saying. It reminded me kind of when Chaingate, when uh, Contador attacked uh, Schleck. Oh yeah. When he dropped his chain, like the next day, like Schleck came back and just he actually gift. I think that like he was upset and really took it to Contador on the climbs, but Contador kind of just let him have it. Like he's like, I'm not worried about this, but. Uh, same thing. I think Pogatar was just kind of like, dude, I got to gain all this time back, and I'm feeling good. And yeah, yeah I mean, he was tried going with him, and then just couldn't do it. I would say he was gritting his teeth on that one, and it, it wasn't easy. He he put in a lot of effort to to make it happen. I think the bigger kind of you know not bigger necessarily, but the weird thing in that is there was times where Yates was getting dropped by the GC group, and Bernal looked like he was kind of on the ropes. Yeah, and I think this is the problem with how Yumbo Visma has been racing is they didn't hit it right then, which is what you would want to do and, and what the kind of more aggressive GC riders back in the day would do is yeah. if you see you know your closest rival suffering, that's when you want to make something happen. Mm -hmm. And I think they're, I don't know if they couldn't or maybe, again, maybe they use too much energy at other times or trying to reserve a little bit now. You know, you're not going to get that opportunity every day. And yeah. maybe you could have 30 seconds. You know, maybe they would have tried to work too hard, gone to the red, and completely cracked. I mean, you see that. Once you crack, like, there's minutes. Like, yeah. then, then it's over. Exactly. Um, yeah, so I, I, we were talking about that this morning. Like, same thing. Pogachar attacks, Roglic and Nairo jump with them. It looks like Bernal's struggling. He should have just all three started working together. They must have not had had it because Pogachar attacked again after it regrouped and like he just dusted everybody. Yeah, it was very strange. I I, I don't understand. Like Roglic just looked good, so like he should have been able to keep going, especially when Bernal's not looking like he's catching up. Yeah, you would think, and then, yeah, I mean, I feel like Nairo wanted to, and I think he flicked like let's go, like let's do something. And he didn't really do that much work and. I don't know. I mean, Nairo doesn't have the team around him, so it's he has less opportunities, and so yeah. it's... He needs to make the most of the ones that come. Yeah. But he looked really good on this stage, and, like, yeah, I was kind of disappointed to see them not go, because, like, we were talking about, if if Roglic was Lance or Contador, and he saw their his rival, like, slowly break off, like, they would have just put the hammer down. I was like, Lance would have just done that every, every time he sees somebody, like, oh, I can get him in here, I'm going to do it every day. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I mean, a lot of guys got caught out in this uh, mountain, too. I mean, we saw Enrique Moss, Malama, Carapaz all lose 40 seconds overall. And then Bookman lost a minute. Higuita, Valverde, Dumoulin all lost two minutes. Yeah, Ro you know, Jumbo Visma talked about this after the race. This is not how the race, they wanted it to go. You know, their tactics no. as far as who was on front, who was pulling. At, you know, one point, Dumoulin was pulling for Roglic. Like, it was not the team strategy that they had developed. And uh, I think, like we had talked about with the previous day's win stage and Bora and all that, uh, Sepkus and, and those guys were, were really hammering it in the wind for the last 40K, and so they kind of burned up a little bit, and yeah, I think they just were cooked as far as their help goes, and it really showed in this stage. It was kind of sloppy. Yeah, and I think they're just not as finely tuned as a, as a sky train where they would be like, okay, let's ramp this up 10 watts. Let's ramp this up, you know, 15 watts like you don't need to go 
all out to drop some people. If it's mm -hmm. just enough to hurt them and not to hurt you, like that's what you're kind of looking for. It's yeah, it's you know, well, that's it's three weeks. So you're talking about you. You had said there was a conversation with Wout Van Art about how like he just attacked too hard when he didn't need to. Yeah, I think they were just kind of saying you know that Dumoulin was taking over and doing doing work and same thing kind of going a little too hard and and Wout Van Art was like doing too much and dropping some of his teammates. It's you know it doesn't have to be full on attack mode unless you're going into a full on attack. But but they weren't because yeah. you know everybody's the teammates aren't going like it's. You're just making it hard on yourself and your team. Yeah, very strange day. I was kind of like, because you saw Yumbo break off. Ineos didn't really have any guys yet either. I think Carapaz ended up coming back and, and sticking with Bernal. But yeah, the, the two strongest teams like coming into the last climb had no one to help. Very strange. And I think it's a good thing. Like It's making these uh, races harder, and I, and I think that's good. Um, but it makes it more interesting, too, for us to watch. You know, it's not a... Like that, you know, well-oiled machine where it's just boring. Like you just follow on and and just slowly, you know, people fall off the back. Yeah, that kind of can get a little tedious. But yeah, so that was an interesting stage. Uh, I think a Nons Peters or somebody won in the break, so yeah. not a big deal. But stage nine today, kind of interesting. Yeah, it was a little different. I, I had watched the the very beginning, and they just would not let a break go. They at one point, Sunweb had three guys going off trying to, you know, do a little mini train to to build some some momentum there, and they were just every time clawing people back. And it, I think they said the first hour was like forty nine k average, and just so much effort. And yeah, I think that's why eventually, when a, a group goes and and with Hershey here, they they kind of let them for a little bit. They were like, we got to, we got to rest a little bit. Yeah. Well, they weren't giving them much time. So it was like, here she finally got away. I think like one other guy before him got out, like Remika Vigna or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then he got caught out by Hershey. And then there was like six guys trying to chase him down, but they could never catch him. And the Peloton was only less than a minute behind, you know? So like there wasn't a long leash and the weather was kind of, it was a little bit rainy and they were going up this climb and, climb was so high ended up going into some clouds and like dude Hershey just bombed those descents he looks some amazing descending I mean those are nice nice roads on there but yeah. almost all of them were wet like it would have been I wouldn't want to do some descents like that and yeah. I don't know how Zacharin got through it that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so yeah so he only had like 20 or 30 seconds going into these climb that first climb but by the time he was finished descending he was like a minute and like the next climb, he wasn't. No one was gaining on him really. And then the descent, same thing. Like the the six riders behind and the peloton were not interested in really pushing it on these descents. But here she was. He was like, I'm here to win this race today. And like it showed, he was taking all the different um, risks on those descents, and he looked really good. Yeah. Like, I think there was only one minor instance where he kind of got a little spooked, but other than that, like he looked awesome. He ended up getting a gap of about total four and a half minutes, like a solo. He soloed this thing for almost the entire day. It was like 60 or 80K or something. Like, it was very impressive. Um, and then going into the last climb, you know, you're you're seeing the break, the Peloton start. They finally caught the remnants of that chase. They just gave up, and you start seeing some of the GC guys' team. So Yumbo Business team finally is on the front, and you have Wout putting in. Except Chris finally looked good. He got dropped the day before. He wasn't looking good. But their team's starting to... 
they look way better than they did the day before. And they're finally going. And we kind of missed the part. It went to commercial break or something. We missed, the, they, they were like two and a half minutes out on Hirschi, who's still looking good. And there was an attack, I believe, it looked like it was by Pogachar. Yeah. And so Sepkus had finally done his work. I think Dumoulin was there. And then Pogachar attacks. And then the, everything just kind of fell apart from there. Yeah, that's where it really spread out. And you see, like, Dumoulin just all over the bike, kind of weaving. He starts to fall back. And then you get that small selection. I think it was uh, Primos and Pogachar, uh, Bernal. I think Port kind of was yo-yoed, but he stayed Landa with the group. Was up there. And yeah, and Landa. Then you, yeah, you see Gates pop off, and so now it's like, all right, Roglic, he's going to be in yellow now. Like, no way Adam Yates is coming back. Like he popped off and taking his own tempo, and that's all there was to say about Adam Yates. But yeah, then it, it just boils down to these other guys. Bookman started dropping. Lopez was dropped, and it was just those. You know, Port ended up getting dropped. Bardet. It was just these four guys. And they had like five or six k to go on this climb, pretty steep climb, uh, really good climb actually. And, and Bernal's looking good, Roglic is looking good. The other two guys, Lando looked pretty decent. He didn't look great, uh, and Pogachar just looked awesome. Yeah, I mean he's crazy strong, and they, and they go over the top. And I mean, luckily they they held it together. But yeah, Pogachar kind of uh, <laughs> I forget, yeah, I forgot about this. He kind of loses uh, sight for a moment, looks back, and Primos kind of goes into him and. Pogacar's fault, yeah, but Primos gets gets the bonus seconds, so, but it, pretty cool, like, I mean, they're, they have to be buds, yeah. so, I well, mean, they had we've to, like, seen, shake hands right after that, but yeah, right afterwards, they're like, hey, like, sorry, like, you know, it was well, mutual moment, understanding yeah. like that, so that was pretty cool, and, you know, all the while, they're still trying to chase down Hershey, who's yeah. bombing this next descent as well. Yeah, he ended up, I think he finished that climb with, like, 15 to 18 seconds gap. Like he was just yeah. getting drawn in and got to that descent, and we're like, "All right, let's see what he does on this thing, dude." And he's just flying. He ended up like almost hitting the motorbike ahead of him, like just zoomed past that guy and pulling out more time on the yeah, rest. Yeah, by the, the time group. he got to the bottom of the climb, like they had pulled him back into because at the beginning, Roglic and then they're pulling really hard, and they got to within like eight to ten seconds, and then bottom of the climb, here she's at twenty five seconds again. Like it's just an amazing descent. Yeah, no, really cool, and you know, I guess uh, a neighbor of Cancellara and his. I mean, I love that guy. Yeah, I was like, your your guy right there. Hershey's my new favorite rider now. Um, besides the fact that our friend picked him to win today, so we both hated him the whole day. <laughs> yeah, but it was really impressive. Like we were like, man, if our friend didn't pick him, it would be a lot more entertaining to watch this guy. But it was really tough seeing none of our picks like be close to points and like i was like not again good and thing uh, he'll never listen to this so it's all good true. yeah <laughs> but no he looked just looked really strong i honestly didn't think i thought they'd catch him on the last climb because yeah. he'd been out in the front all day but really really great riding from him and he's got like 7k to go and, and they're slowly gaining on him and he eventually just says all right i can beat these guys in a sprint one and a half k to go he kind of sits up because they were right there and he just sits on the tail and he's like resting up does the little Alaphilippe, you know, sprinters click on <laughs> yeah. his little uh, shoes there, and he's just going to sit on and, and try to win the sprint out. And, um, you know, these other guys are riding because they have a little bit of a 20, 30-second gap on the group behind them, and so these four riders are just working hard just to gain time at that point. Yeah. Yeah, and they get to the line. He goes a little early. It was kind of, I know, like, you want to fade back a little bit to give yourself some, like, running room on there it seemed like he had a little too much gap and maybe it was just too yeah. much into the wind and probably just too much of a day for him in general and yeah and uh pochakar and primos just come around them and 
Pochakar just barely getting on the line, and Primos barely pipping Hershey. Um, yeah, which was nice because our friend got a little less points. Exactly. Well, it's kind of like you 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 go down and descent under a bridge in the dark, and then you kind of swoop past and then beat your friend. <laughs> <laughs> when did that happen? <laughs> Must have been this morning, bro. <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. But yeah, I mean, same thing. Like you always see that you drop back a little bit, and and everyone's heart goes out to hear she like so close to winning that stage, and he thought he had the sprint too, and just not enough, man. And I I think they would have. I don't know if he would have gotten caught if he kept out on the front and at this point it doesn't matter but just a tough break for him he would have gotten caught like yeah. he he did it because he was going to get caught yeah, possibly man anyway pretty interesting stage i mean the, the the race within the race with he or she and like them like are they going to catch him is he going to win those are always exciting it's like when you know um jens voigt would do the same thing and it's like <laughs> they're going to catch him you know like and every once Last in a while 500 meters he's like Oh, every <laughs> once in a while they get the victory, you know, and today was not that day and everyone's kind of upset for Hirschi and we said this all day, but clearly he's too good to be on Sunweb. So he has one more year in his contract, <laughs> but they might break it and say, you know, you're winning too much. You're, 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 you're too much excitement for our team. Yeah. I was saying, I was like, also, do you really want to support Bardet? Like as a, you know, domestique, like when you're looking that good, I don't no, think so. Me neither. But yeah, so that was, that was today's stage. And so let's get into some preview action. We have a rest day tomorrow. Uh, they're going to have a huge COVID test, and we'll see. Probably going to be a, some lot of interesting news coming out of that, I think. But um, I'm not sure if they'll do all that tomorrow or if it'll be like Tuesday or something. But yeah, pretty I don't know big off turnaround day. time on that. But yeah, Pogachar, two great stages in a row. I thought he'd be a little cooked today, like putting in that big effort the day before. But now he's in the top ten again. He's 44 seconds behind Roglic. Roglic took two bonus seconds or bonus time. Slot. So I think he ended up taking, I think it was like 10 or 11 seconds total. Mm -hmm. And so he's I think 19 or 22 seconds ahead of Bernal or something, So uh, who's in second. So looking pretty good going into the rest day. Roglic is in yellow. I think he's happy with where things are at. If I was him, I'd be a little concerned because your, your team is expanding a ton of energy at this point. Yeah, well, let's look past the rest day. Well, on Tuesday, it looks like we have a flat stage. So obviously Bora is going to hit it yeah. right from the start. No, I think this this is going to be a, a sprinter's day. I couldn't see how it's not going to be. Just there's not that many opportunities left for them. It's going to get thinner and thinner. Yeah. Well, they have a couple this week. This week's kind of light on climbing until the weekend, but uh, I'm going to pick first on this stage. I am going with Caleb Ewan. I'm going to go Sam Bennett. I don't want to go Sam Bennett, but I think uh, he's going to want to get Green back as well. I think he's going to really try to put up a fight and... I'm hoping Sagan can kind of crack him once they hit some mountains, but I, I think he wants he wants the win for sure. It'll be his first Tour de France win as well. Yeah. Well, stage 11, kind of the same thing. Pretty much looking to be a bunch sprint. There's a few little climbs and stuff, but I'd be really surprised if it didn't end in a bunch. Uh, there's a tiny little kicker at the line. So um, my, my concern looking at the last profile, uh, I can't get this dang thing to zoom right, but... You know, the last 1K to go, let's say this is like last 3K, there's a slight uphill, slight downhill with 2K to go. Going into the 1K, slide downhill, and then a little rise over the, the finish with like three or 400 meters to go. So there's going to be a lot of speed coming into this last K. But with that little rise at the end, I think you're going to see a bigger, my hunch is a bigger rider take this sprint. So mm -hmm. I don't think Caleb Ewan, I mean, it's very, I wouldn't be surprised if he won, but the momentum that some of these bigger guys like Kristoff and, and Sagan have, uh, depending on how many twists and turns, I didn't get to look at that. 
I kind of think Sagan or, or, or Kristoff have a good match for this stage, but you're up first, man. You know, it's saying that, I'm going to go Sagan. I'm gonna, you know, I just feel like I, I think he'll probably lose it the uh, other day, and I... I think he really wants it. You know, he's not going to, you know, say it, come out and say it, but he, he really wants wants that back, and he really wants a stage win. Well, I think he wants a stage win. I don't think he's going to lose the green tomorrow or on the, on the first rest day stage after, but... Oh, I do. You think he's going to? I guess he's seven points ahead of Bennett. Well, and Bennett could get the intermediate sprint and yeah. then could, you know, place a couple above him. What about Trentini? He could, he's been pretty good at those intermediate sprints. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with Kristoff again. I think Kristoff... Looking a lot better than he did last year, and then he had that stage one victory. Like, like I said, I my hunch is a slightly bigger rider will be able to hit that descent hard and carry their momentum right. Maybe up that bowl, little maybe tiny. bowl. Yeah, that could very well be. Uh, start us on stage twelve here. Yeah, stage twelve is kind of a a little spiky one. Looks like we have a, a little bit hilly in the front. I expect one hundred percent that Sagan will be in the break trying to get the sprint points here. Uh, if if there he's allowed, uh, then it looks like we go into a few cat fours, cat three, cat two, and ends on another uphill. Um, yeah, I mean this could be an interesting one. Probably a break day just based on the profile. Uh, definitely not a GC day. Um, otherwise, it would be a you know like a reduced bunch sprint or something like that of more of the classic classics type guys. Yeah, it's a tough one to pick. I mean, I looking at the profile, it's too lumpy for a sprint to really get there. And I think it's, what, 20, 25K to go. There's a cat, too. So there's just no way a, a sprinter makes it. But I think it's going to be kind of a climbing, heavy sort of break. Um, as far as who to pick for, I have no idea. Like, these stages are so hard to predict. Uh, I'm going to go with somebody like... I got my pick as long as you don't take. I'm gonna take Alphalife. So, I'm, I was gonna go GVA. Okay, that would be really interesting. It'd be good for him. Um, Alphalife lost to the yellow. He wants another stage victory. He's been climbing really well, um, so I think in the uphill it's not too steep or anything, but it's the last five k or uphill. So, I think it's good for either one of those. Yeah, and and GVA has also been climbing super well, yeah. and I think he can get over these cat twos or get back on the descent. He won't lose much time towards the end and can get over that lumpy stuff at the end and, and out sprint some of the, you know, more pure climber guys. Yeah, I don't see a reason, especially with Friday stage coming up, there's no reason for the GC guys to contest this stage at all. It's not difficult enough. And, and going into Friday stage, this looks like my favorite race of the week. It's just climb after climb after climb and the last climb is just so tough. So... You know, 191K, there's a Cat 1, then a Cat 3, then a Cat 2, then a Sprint Point for Sagan, then two Cat 3s and do a Cat 2, where the bonus times are, and then it finishes on a, on a Cat 1 that is brutal. So, this is a tough day, and I expect this to be a GC day. I don't think the break, it might keep, you know, it's going to be one of those satellite riders and stuff, but they're going to keep a pretty tight leash on them. I'm thinking it'll be five, six minutes, and they'll start bringing them back. I think a GC rider is going to want to win this stage. Yeah, and I think given like the, the previous stages of most likely a break and a couple sprints, they're going to be a little fresher and, and ready to do some damage, especially with all these climbs. It's another one where it's just going to be kind of a, 
like attrition in the legs and someone's going to pay for it towards the end of this if you yeah. go hard enough or if you want to and Yumbo's wanting to make it as hard as possible every day. So well, they're going to probably pay for it here. Um, so the last climb on paper doesn't look that hard. 5.4 kilometers at 7.7%. Tell you what, it's kind of like South Mountain. Average of 3% or something. Well, there's no 3% on that climb. Yeah. It's shallow, a descent, and then steep with some rollers. Like this one, uh, the first 3, 4K or like 4% average, and then the last four are 10%, 15%, 12%, and it finishes at 12 and a half. You know, it's like, this is a brutal 4K of climb. Yeah, I could see that being the point where somebody goes and then somebody completely cracks. Like, this is yeah. a minute, two-minute loss kind of thing in, in a short period here. Yeah, I wonder who it's going to be. It's going to be a tough day to control. You know, Roglic has the yellow. Their team is the most capable, you know, any of Actually, it's looking a lot better this race, but they're still not looking very good. Um, but it's going to be a tough day if if they want to take the victory to keep the pelt the the break in check. This is one of those this is one of those days where you're going to see satellite riders on the breakaway trying to help their guy if they have a long range attack. You know, with this one, you know the the last climb is five k, but uh, there's that cat two with you know fifteen twenty k to go, and so I expect there to be attack there. A short descent into this last climb. I think we're going to try to see some some satellite guys for those guys that are a minute, minute and a half back, 40 mm -hmm. seconds. So I'm expecting maybe Bookman. I don't know. After today's stage where he lost more time, I'm thinking you could see Trek out there for Port. I mean, it's not looking that great, but Brian McLaren, Landa's always a surprise. That's you know, true. He could have a great day on that day. Pogachar, he's still 45 back. So we'll see. I'm expecting a a lot of fireworks on the stage. That finale is just brutal. I'm going to go uh, Nairo, man. I feel like uh, the profile at the end suits him. Maybe they won't try to let him go, but if he's the Nairo of earlier in this season, I think I think it's for him. Yeah. Well, this is pretty steep. I'm going to go with Bernal. It's probably... I mean, one of these Colombians is going to take this, I think, if it's going to be the GC guys. I think it's a day that Bernal wants to take yellow. I think. All right. My You're expecting Primos to crack. I am. 15% gradient for 4K almost. Like, that's, that's a really hard climb. And don't get me wrong. Roglic is really good. I expect him to win this race. But I don't know. After all the work his team has been doing, I think he's going to be caught out, I think. So that's all my right. unfortunate thing. Let's take on Saturday's stage, another climb stage. But I hate this profile. Yeah, it's kind of the same as a couple of these that we've had this week where it's a few climbs up front and then just ends in kind of a long descent. Probably a breakaway day. I, I think given the, the day before, everybody's going to be pretty tired and really there's not much to gain on this. It's kind of like how today was where it would have been great if we finished on the mountain, but then you descend and the groups that had gaps you know, those minute gaps turned into 30 seconds, turned into 10, 15 seconds. It's just not going to be worth one of the GC guys really going after it. Yeah, it's not a tough enough stage at the end. Like, there's a Cat 2 in the in the beginning third. After that, it's some Cat 3s and 4s and, and uncategorized climbs. So it's going to be a lot of climbing, but just not enough to, to put in the effort. So I was like, guarantee uh, bore on the front dropping the pure sprinters up the cap four to 
to get Sagan and in a sprint position here. So that climb is one kilometer with an average of eight percent. So that's enough to just oh yeah hit it. So I think yeah. and the same thing. I mean they're gonna try to put as much hurt on Bennett's legs every day when they when they have that kind of opportunity. Yeah. Well, I get to pick first. Oh boy. Um, I don't know, man. <laughs> like. It's going to be a breakaway. It's going to be someone who can climb well but can finish fast. So, I mean, I picked Alaphilippe already, but I don't know if I want to pick him again. I want to pick like a, I don't know, man. This is a tough one. Like a, I don't think Formula could do it. It's not that hard. I'm going to go to Gent, I guess. Like he's not a, a fast finisher, but he could break off and, and do something. So I'm going to go to Gent. I'm going to go Hagita on this. I think a lot of time. I think he's yeah he's lost the time and I think he has the ability to do this and at this point he'll have free reign to do something like that and they're kind of all over the place in GC anyways I don't I don't exactly know where Iran is at but I I think he'll have reign to do it I think Iran's still in the top ten or something he's he's up there he he looked decent today he lost some time but he was in that second group yeah I believe so take us through Sunday's big day as a Pretty big stage. Yeah. Nothing says GC like today. I mean, you go in uh, two cat ones, uh, three quarters of the way or so through the stage and ending on the Grand Colombier. Yeah. So the first half, pretty flat, roughly speaking, for the first half of the stage. And then, yeah, two cat ones, two spikes down a big descent right up this humongous climb. Uh, just like you said, GC written all over it going into a rest day, like... I don't know, maybe I'm speaking a little too soon, but that Friday stage looks pretty rough, but this stage is going to be fireworks. This is the decider, now. I think. Yeah. The, I mean, so the Grand, the Grand Colombier, I got it confused earlier in my show notes with the with the Galibier, but yeah, 17.5K, uh, what's the average on this thing? 7%, but there's a lot of black and red on this map, dude. It's a, it's a tough, tough climb. Yeah, and that's one of those harder ones. Uh, ones that I especially don't like is when it, the it gets hard. You know, eases off, gets hard, eases off, and just it's somebody who can handle that stop-start kind of thing. I don't know who's the best for for that. Uh, you know, back in the day, it would be you know like Contador, like love that stop-start kind of climbing, and and some of these other guys are just right into power. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've. Definitely doesn't suit Dumoulin. I know that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know who to pick on this one. But yeah, I mean, I think we're in agreement here. This is going to be a pretty crucial stage. And whoever's in yellow looks pretty good to win the overall. But we still have a, a tough time trial. And next week is, is even worse. Like, this is, you know, just a, a brutal Tour de France looking at these profiles. and I would say the way that it's... Things have been writ written so far. Pochakar, like I think he's been the one at least who can do the most with with that like on again, off again attacking and and as we've seen the other day, like he was the only one when he attacked, they followed, but then he attacked again and, and that's when he was kind of breaking the elastic. So I I'm gonna I'm gonna give him the stage. I don't know where he'll be at in G C at this point, but yeah. I'm gonna give him the stage. Yeah, I'm going to have to... It boils down to Bernal or Roglic for me, but I think Roglic will have the upper hand here. I think he's... You know, that last stage when I picked Bernal is 
four really steep sections. You know, he's a pure climber. I think that's more up his alley. Um, but I think Roglic will handle this a lot better. I think he can handle those undulations and, and change of tempos and, and gradients. So mm -hmm. um, he'll have some chance to recover here and there. So I'm thinking Roglic, and he'll probably take the yellow back. Because I'm thinking Bernal will take yellow, but I think Roglic will get it back here. Yeah, and you could see, uh, you know, Pojakar and uh, Primos kind of working together if they drop everybody else and, and, you know, just kind of feeding off each other like they did, what was it, in the Vuelta, where, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, Primos gets in yellow, maybe Pojakar gets the stage, and, and they both get, podi you know, on the podium or something like that, so. Yeah. I mean, Pojakar is definitely looking like the best climber right now. Um, we're only in stage nine, but, yeah, I think this week's going to be pretty rough. I mean, that last week is even worse but yeah that's um, gonna be exciting yeah this is like just gonna be a war of attrition here well i think that wraps up this week we're gonna go right that takes us to the rest day and so that ends that i wanted to talk a little bit about um the trino adriatica starts on monday now, oddly enough it finishes on monday as well they didn't want to finish it on um on a sunday yeah so they didn't want to compete with the tour de france so they, they actually ended on a monday but um let's talk about that so the, the Trino this year, we know it's going to be used as a build-up. It's the last race before the Giro, which starts in like a week after this one. It's like a, a week or maybe two weeks. I think it's a week after the Tour de France. So we have World Championships and then a little break and then the Giro. So the, the rider highlights for this race, obviously this is going on during the Tour, so we're going to have a lot of different types of riders, but I think that's exciting. Probably the highlight for most people is going to be Matthew Vanderpool. Yeah, I see him, especially with Wout doing so well, I think there's a competition always between the two of them. <laughs> Maybe just everybody wants to see that. But, yeah, I think him building up, I think he's riding the classics. So it's this will be a good kind of lumpy stages for him to, to get through. Yeah, so keeping in tune with him, let's talk about little sprinters that are going to be here. We have Ackerman, Viviani, Ballerini, uh, Ackerman. Oh, I already said Ackerman. Uh, I'm trying to read this on the phone because our internet crashed. But Michael Matthews is going to be here and Gaviria. And Jay, Jay Hindley. Is Jay Hindley? I always get him mixed no, up. No, he's, he's a climber. He's a climber? Okay. Yeah. But what about the, the GC guys? Who's here for that? Yeah, so we have uh, Froome, uh, G. Uh, we have Fulsang. We have Michael Woods, McNulty, Hindley, and uh, Nibali, it looks like. And, and I guess uh, Yates and Campanards. Yeah, so pretty good amount of uh, name recognition here. So it's going to be a good race. I, I don't know who's going to win this thing. Um, who do I want to win? Fulsang. <laughs> I feel like he could probably that's do pretty true. well. That's true. I guess not kind of Fulsang because that's who I'm going to pick to win this race. Yeah. Uh, I want McNulty to win. <laughs> but oh, I think well, if McNulty yeah. won a stage, or, or I would be pretty happy. There's a couple mountain climbs. So this race is kind of interesting, actually. So this is through Italy, right? Um, and we have sprint stage on one, and stage two are both sprints. So we'll see how that goes. wonder if Matthew Vanderpool is going to win one of these. Um, pretty straightforward sprints, nothing too crazy. Stage three, I think, is really interesting. It's a like a mini Milan San Remo, and and mini only in the fact that it's two hundred and eighteen k and not two fifty. Yeah. But it ends same thing. Poggio ten k from the finish, and yes, yeah, so I think we're gonna see like a Michael Matthews. I was or gonna something. say Michael Matthews could get his first classics win here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's a cool stage, and then it starts stage four. I think is like um, I want to say that's uh, a Thursday. There, there's a climbing day. It's nothing too crazy. Um, uh, the the, st the stage on uh, Friday is another climb stage, which is a, a really big uphill finish. 
So we'll see the big players, and I think we'll see whoever wins this stage is going to win the the Torino. There is a time trial at the very end of this race, but it's only 10K. So I think whoever wins Friday and is in the lead will uh, be winning this race. Yeah, and I think just kind of overall, I expect probably Gaviria to get a stage win, Vanderpool to get a stage or two. Uh, the, the big thing I think for me is going to see if Froome or Thomas looks like that they're in shape to be riding a Grand Tour. I know yeah. Froome has a, a little bit more because he's going to ride the Vuelta. Yeah. Um, but just to see if they're, I mean, they were both left off the Tour team, so to see where they're at. Uh, I would expect yeah. Thomas to look decent. I, I could see him winning this overall because he's a decent time trialist as well. Um, but yeah, that's, that's going to be the big kind of story for me is to see where they're at. Yeah, so the after that, it's two sprint stages, six and seven. Uh, stage seven is kind of a little uphill, but so I don't, it might be a Vanderpool day or something. And then the final uh, stage eight is a pancake flat 10 kilometer time trial. So I don't think it's going to make a huge difference in the GC, but if it's close within 10 or 15 seconds or something, you could see a pretty, you know, good time trial to, to win the race, but I don't think that's going to be. Dark horse of Campenarts, or maybe a... Well, hopefully after trying to kill himself in the altitude tent, he <laughs> yeah. hopefully gets 50,000 feet or whatever he was. He's... Yeah, I don't know. He was on the moon. He set up for the moon, I guess. I don't know. Hanging out with David Blaine up there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so going to be an interesting race. Obviously, like I said, this is going to be build up for the Giro. And, I mean, the Tour's been great so far, and I think the Tour's only going to get better. It's, I guess it hasn't been great so far. It's been a lot of interesting stage finishes and stuff, but as far as the GC goes, it hasn't been all that exciting. Um, besides Pinot kind of cracking because of a crash, but I think the final two weeks are going to be crazy, but I, I've always looked forward to the Giro. Usually it's the first one, and, and I don't know, I, I love it. It's my favorite GC. I was like, it's the most beautiful, and this, like, I mean, they hit the, the real high mountains here, and so a little later in the year, could be uh, some snow stages, could oh, be yeah. some, some crazy stuff going on. So. Yeah, we'll have to preview that when we get to it. I think there's going to be a few stage cancellations. But yeah. yeah, I think this will be a good race to really test these guys. A lot of sprint stages, and I don't think the climbing days are too, too tough. So it's not necessarily great prep for a GC rider, but it's the only thing they have. So they're going to have to take it. And, you know, the biggest overlook here, awesome trophy, the Trident. Dude, the Trident is a pretty cool trophy. Let's see. I think we've talked about this before, but ranking trophies, I think the Giro is number one. Yeah. Robay, really close second. You could go back and forth on that. I just think if I ever could race professionally and win one race, it would be the Giro. Like, that trophy is so cool. I thought you would pick Robay, just like the <sighs> kind of riding you like to do. I know. I, it's tough, man. I don't know. I also just really like like hurricanes and like tornadoes. So, like, <laughs> that's what it kind of looks like. So, it's, I don't know. It's a tough one. I if I had either of those, I obviously wouldn't be upset because I'm not, I'm not anywhere near. I don't think one day one day a week at you know 50 mile rides would be enough to win any of those. I, yeah, but. I think you got it, man. <laughs> but yeah, I have been transitioning more to a classics rider, it seems. But no, I think, I don't know. I, I can't pick now. It might have to be Robay first. Well, I'll like, tell you for sure it's not the Tour Trophy because that thing's oh, garbage. It looks like a piece of crap. It looks like a tennis trophy. <laughs> I hate that trophy so much. But then, Torino Adriatica, you have this uh, trident. So that's my third. That's my third. What about, like, the cool hats from uh, San Sebastian? Those are kind of cool. <laughs> I mean, I don't want one, but it's kind of neat. I always it's like unique, it's, at least. Yeah, they yeah. do something cool. But the tour is, like, just like it usually is. It, 
boring, boring, boring trophy. Yeah. Awful. I don't even know. But to be fair, I have no idea what the Velta trophy looks like. I feel like it was like a glass something. Because like, when like Froome won it, I was just like imagining him holding it up and it was kind of lame too. Nothing beats the Giro. Best Grand Tour trophy for sure. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it, it's it's a tough pick between Roubaix and and the Giro trophy. But the well, Torino Adriatica definitely a, a solid third. I was like, that's a great place to end. Totally off topic, talking about trophies. <laughs> hey, we're talking about the trophy for the last race we were just previewing. So. No, yeah. Uh, next week's preview, we're gonna recap all this stuff we just talked about. We're gonna have see how that tour week went. See if Friday was as crazy as it was. Sunday looks like it's gonna be nuts as well. So. We're going to have a pretty tired Peloton coming into the rest day for sure. Yeah, it's going to be a good week ahead. Yeah, well, until next time, have a good one. See you.